Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for uh, this opportunity of just being able to um, continue to learn um, a little bit more about your wisdom. Um, we do pray that you'll soften each of our hearts and each of our minds, that we would be open and receptive um, to what you have to say to each of us this morning. Um, that you'll just continue to uh, conform us to the image of Christ um, and help us to live for you as you would have us to. For it's in Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. So we have been looking at um, the fruits of the Spirit. And so we've already seen um, love and joy. And, um, and this morning um, we are going to look at peace. So we'll just turn to Galatians chapter 5. And verse 22, I'm not too sure how my volume is this morning. If it's a little bit loud, forgive me because I forgot to put my ears in this morning. So um, I'm not as loud to myself as what I usually am. Galatians 5:22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law. So um, all the portions of the fruit of the Spirit are found in Christ. Thus, um, a careful look at the person and life of our great Lord and Saviour reveals in um, vivid detail the characteristics of peace. From this study of peace in his life, we um, can arrive at a principle by which we can build peace in our own lives as we abide in Christ. Um, Turn to John chapter 4. We're going to look at some examples um, in Christ's life of where he had peace. So John chapter 4 and verse 32, which says, that's right, John four thirty-two. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Um, here uh, in John chapter 4, um, he's, he's in his long journey from Jerusalem to Samaria under the searing Judean sun. No doubt the disciples and Jesus had eaten little that day and they were thirsty from the long walk. Now while the disciples went into the village to obtain food, food Jesus sat by a well and there he led a woman from the darkness of her sin to the light of his salvation. The disciples arrived and laid out the food for him to eat. Here in John 4.32, it records um, his comments. Um, note that in the midst of his hunger and physical need, he had complete contentment. He had learned to be hungry without ir irritation. Um, as he dealt with the Samaritan woman, he never once complained of his thirst or hunger. Yet he was undoubtedly as hungry and as thirsty as the disciples were. Um, so 
Yeah, and, and, and we've all experienced um, hunger and thirst to small degrees. Um, I mean, we, we're blessed um, in Australia, um, like other Western um, countries, um, hunger and thirst is not, you know, a big issue in our um, society like it is in um, some third world countries. And, um, and we certainly haven't experienced it to um, the degrees that some people in those third world countries do. Um, but even in um, hunger and thirst, um, we need to learn to be um, content. You know, how, how would most of us um, act if we were in this situation where, um, you know, we, we, we didn't have all the luxuries of the food and, and that available to us that we do have? Also, um, uh, another example in 1 Peter 2.23 that Jesus um, didn't retaliate when he was persecuted. So 1 Peter 2.23 uh, which says, Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Christ's peace was so great that when men called him names, made fun of him, called him the son of the devil, or threatened to kill him, he did not retaliate. You know, that's particularly prominent as he, um, uh, as he went up to the cross and then as he hung on the cross when he was, um, uh, when he was reviled. Um, he reviled not again. Um, you know, he had, he had peace that he was in the centre of God's will, of the will of his Father. Um, and um, so, you know, even in uh, extreme persecution, he um, experienced peace because his, um, uh, his eyes was on his Father and on his Father's leading um, in his life as well. And then also, no um, agitation in poverty. Turn to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew 8 and verse 20. Which says, And Jesus saith unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds have of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Christ's peace was so great, oh sorry, when certain would-be disciples came to Jesus, he warned them of the price that they must pay to become his disciples. He reminded them that he himself had no warm house in which to sleep and no hot meals to eat. Um, have you ever considered Christ's poverty? Um, consider these things. His first bed was a manger, that is, a hay bin for animals. His parents were poor, common folk. His father was a carpenter. His pulpit was in the open fields, or in the bow of a borrowed boat. He never owned a home or land or had a regular fixed income. He was laid 
in a borrowed grave when he died. You know, this is the, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the one who created everything. Um, and this summarised, um, you know, that aspect of his life, you know, his poverty. In spite of his poverty, however, he never complained. You know, think, think about the life of Christ. You know, never did he complain, um, you know, about his circumstances. You know, he went through all of that because of his love for us. You know, we, we saw joy last week. Um, he went through all that because of the joy that one day we would be reconciled to him. Um, and, he, and he did that for us, in spite of the fact that um, many would reject him. But of course, um, many of us have accepted him as our saviour. Um, once a group of soldiers asked him, what shall we do? And he said unto them, do not be violent towards others, neither make false accusations, and be content with your wages. Absolute contentment with material things was his way of life. Hardships did not disturb him, nor did earthly gain attract him. So not only was he not irritated um, through hunger and hardships, he didn't retaliate in persecution, he wasn't agitated in poverty, but also um, there was no desperation in peril. And um, the classic passage here, so stay where we are, just drop down a couple of verses. Um, verse 24 of Matthew chapter 8, which says, And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. You know, this, um, this story sort of always amazes me, you know, that, I mean, I've never been out to sea um, at all. But um, but you've but, you know but we've seen some. Did the volume just drop out? Um, but we've seen some. Uh, if we haven't been to sea, you know you've seen um, videos of, of ships that um, you know that are going through um, big waves, and um, you can't imagine that there'd be somebody you know in the middle of that ship, even though those ships that we've got. Um, today are quite large, um, there'd be somebody, you know, in the middle of it fast asleep, um, let alone, you know, a, a ship that was obviously much smaller um, in the Galilean Sea um, being tossed around with um, the waves, you know, back on, on this occasion. Um, but the Lord, you know, he had such calm and peace that, um, that he was asleep. In the in in the in, in the middle of that boat, um, and you know which would um, well it'd make any of us mar um, wonder, wouldn't it? You know how could you how could you sleep through this? But he, you know that was the peace that he had, the calm that he had um, about you know 
where he was at. This is our, our Lord, um, our Lord and Saviour. In the midst of the storm, he slept totally unafraid. But contrast this, this calm, with the lack of calm in the disciples. And we would be no different. Well, I'd imagine that I'd be no different. Um, but, you know, they, these guys, um, you know, we're, we're not talking about um, the, the disciples weren't somebody like myself who had no experience of being in the sea. These guys were, were fishermen. They knew what that, that sea was like. Um, and, you know, they would obviously have been in it previously during um, fishing trips on previous occasions. So they knew what it was like. And yet, still, um, they, they were afraid. You know, so when you've got a, a hardened um, fisherman who, who's afraid, then the sea must be pretty rough. Um, so, um, but not the Lord. You know, he was calm. He was the exact opposite. And, you know, just simply because um, the Lord was in his Father's will. He was where he should have been. Um, obviously, as human beings, we have a natural fear in times of danger. But as children of God, we should, we should know only temporary fear. After our minds and hearts have had time um, to work, we should be calmed by the assurance that we have, got, have a God who knows and cares about us personally and individually. You know, the Lord, uh, the Lord tells us, you know, in, in, the, in the Gospels that God cares for the sparrows. Um, God knows how many hairs are on our head. You know, he knows what our needs are. Um, we, we don't have to be fearful about um, our needs being taken care of, whatever they may be. You know, he is... He created everything. He is able to take care of us. He wants to take care of us. He only allows us to go through um, tough times because that builds our faith in him. And while we often fail, our faith is still built up. Um, next time around, we might have that just that little bit more faith. Um, The peace of God is such that no danger need intimidate us. We continue to work knowing that he will take care of us. So true peace comes from a right knowledge of our God. I mean, obviously we need to know God to be able to, um, to trust him. You know, the more time that we spend in his word meditating on him, then um, we're going to know you know, we're going to see examples of how he has taken care of his people um, through, through his word. And we'll be able to apply that to our lives. So um, now we're going to look at a, um, a definition. Oh, no, whoops, I got a bit, missed a bit. Um, so the principle of peace. From his character, we find a rule or law by which to govern our lives. That is, we must have peace in every circumstance. Now here the word every um, gives us problems, yet if our peace does not work under every circumstance, then there's, you know, the, there's areas of our lives that we need to work on as far as our trust in God is concerned. Um, 
If we have this peace, the peace that is the fruit of the Spirit, um, we will not become irritated when we are deprived of our rights or needs are not met. We will not retaliate when others criticise, persecute or abuse us. Um, we will not demonstrate or grow agitated um, when we don't have all the material goods that others have. We won't allow jealousy to have a place in our lives. We won't be envious of what others have. We won't be intimidated by the prospect of death, suffering or danger. Have a look at um, Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, verse 17. Talking about wisdom here, of course. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is every one that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, by understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop down the dew. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy ways safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. So this passage illustrates um, this um, principle of, of peace. So can we truly say that we have peace in all circumstances? Um, if not, like the rest of us, um, we've got areas of our lives that we need to work on as far as having God's peace is concerned. Now we can look at the definition of peace. Peace is realising that God has provided all I need. Um, we could probably shorten this definition a little bit further by saying peace is realising God. Peace is nothing more than realising that God is in charge of our lives, that he is all-powerful, um, that he ever watches over us, that he never slumbers or sleeps, that he will never allow us to suffer above what he wants, and what he knows we are able to bear. All that happens to us is working together for our good. Remember Romans 8.28. So recognising and living in light of this fact is the very essence of peace. So there's three types. Um, there's peace with God, which is upward. First, we must have peace with God. This upward-looking peace is necessary because of man's sin. Sin has placed man at enmity with God. Although God loves man, sin separates us from the, our holy God. God's wrath, stirred by man's sin and ordered to operate by God's justice, will not allow man to go unpunished. Therefore, unless man's sin can be dealt with, God's wrath and justice will condemn all men to hell. Thus, all men need to make peace with God. And this is where the cross comes in, Colossians chapter 1.
Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Here Christ made peace through his blood, that is, through his death on the cross. Christ paid for our sins and satisfied the demands of God's justice. Now that the price has been paid for peace, only one thing remains, faith in Christ. Uh, go to Romans chapter 5. And verse 1, Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace is available through our Lord Jesus Christ because he has accomplished our justification. You know, do we have um, this peace? Uh, also, we need um, the peace of God, that's inward peace. God gives this inward peace to certain believers. All believers have peace with God, but not all believers have the peace of God. This is the peace that does not retaliate, um, does not get irritated, does not demonstrate, etc. It is this peace of which Philippians 4, 6 speaks of. So Philippians 4. And verse 6, which says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So the peace with God gives man salvation. The peace of God gives man um, satisfaction. And then there's also peace with men, so outward. This is an outward peace that is necessary for believers to dwell with each other in harmony. Nothing so delights Satan, um, dooms sinners or destroys young Christians as rivalry, cliques, harsh words and cutting remarks among believers. Um, turn to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 and verse 1, which says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Uh, Romans 12. If it be possible, oh sorry, and verse 18. Romans 12, 18. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. And also 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak 
no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Um, some antonyms, or an antonym of peace. The opposite of the fruit of peace is anxiety or worry. It comes when we take our eyes off the care and providence of God and look at our surroundings or circumstances. Whereas the synonym for peace is contentment. Contentment, which comes when we keep our eyes on the Saviour, is the synonym of peace. Remember Peter, he gives us a good illustration of peace with his brief attempt to walk on water. As long as he kept his, while he kept his eyes on the Lord and paid no attention to the waves around him, um, he had peace. But the moment that he looked off the Saviour on the waves around him, then he began to sink. Which would have been um, an interesting, an interesting sight because you know the idea seems to doesn't seem to be you know just drop into the water, does it? You know, began began to sink. You know, it seems like he's just slowly sinking in the in the water, not as quick as what we might necessarily imagine. So he grew fearful and anxious, and he started to sink. Therefore, we could say that in this instance, instance, peace was walking on water, whereas the antonym of peace was drowning. So how do we appropriate peace in our lives? Um, and, and this is going to be a, the theme you know, for, for the ending of each of these fruits of the Spirit. Um, it's essentially going to be the same. Firstly, we need to confess our lack of peace. You know, we all experience circumstances in our lives um, uh, where we get anxious um, or we may worry. Um, so we need to recognise those circumstances and we need to um, uh, ask the Lord um, to help us in those um, circumstances. So we need to admit to ourselves and the Lord um, uh, about um, our lack of knowledge of him in those occasions. It may be that we have never been um, saved, so we might need to um, look to him for salvation. Um, it may be that we are filled at times with anxiety and fears. Um, so we need to stop worrying. It says, I don't trust God to help me through this problem. And still others may be thinking um, we need to seek peace with men. Our hearts are filled with jealousies, anger, grudges and envy. Like one who is poisoned, um, our whole soul is becoming bitter and our spirit and enthusiasm may be dying. Uh, we must first confess um, this lack of peace in our lives or the, or the source of that lack of peace. Um, not only do we need to confess it, but we need to meditate on God's strength and his salvation. Turn to Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26 and verse 1, which says, In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth 
in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. You know, we need to remember that, um, to trust in the Lord, you know, not only for salvation, but day to day, moment by moment, we need to, we need to trust in the Lord. Um, he is our everlasting rock. So we need to confess um, our lack of peace. We need to um, make sure that we take time to meditate on God's strength and salvation. You know, we have an amazing God. You know, there's, there's a lot to meditate on just, just in that. And then also, of course, we need to yield to God in faith. God, the Holy Spirit, desires to produce in us the spiritual fruit of peace. This fruit grows best in the sunlight of meditation on God's character. And as we come to God in faith um, at, at salvation and then found this peace with him, so we must come to him daily in faith to enjoy the peace that we have in him. We must also yield to God if we are to have peace with all men. Um, sometimes that means biting our tongue. It may mean going to someone who has wronged us and rather than accusing them, apologising to them for having wrong attitudes towards them. But if we are to have peace, we must let God work in our hearts. And we can only do that as we take time out um, to spend time with him in his word, meditating on him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do um, thank you for your word. Um, Father, we thank you uh, that your word is so readily available for us to pick up um, and, and to read and, and meditate on what you are like. Uh, we pray, Father, that you'll just help us to take advantage of this privilege that we have um, and to indeed um, regularly spend time meditating on you and what and what you are like. We pray, Father, that um, in, in particular, um, that you will just uh, help us to um, have that peace that only you can give um, in our lives as we, as we trust you, as we entrust our lives to you. And um, we pray that your name will be uh, uplifted and honoured and glorified as a result. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.